Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Running Effect podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Schleter, and I'm thrilled that you've clicked on today's episode. It was a very fun and special one. But before we hop right into it, just a quick few notes. You're already listening to this, so it will legitimately take between five and 10 seconds to hit the follow button on whatever platform you're listening on, as well as giving us a five-star review. Again, legitimately takes five to 10 seconds. If you don't believe me, try it out. It, it takes no time and it helps us out so much in reaching new people and hopefully through reaching those new people we can inspire them in the process. Today at Back for his second appearance on the show I speak with the one and only Cole Matheson. Cole recently made his first U.S. national team. Last month uh, when I spoke to him it was after winning a Foot Locker national championship or whatever they call it these days so I guess it's just becoming a tradition at this point to get Cole back on the podcast anytime he has a remarkable race which is quite frankly pretty frequent (laughs) so a lot more Cole appearances on the podcast in the future and this conversation was a really fun deep dive into his preparation leading into the race crazy um, passport stories other fun stories basically I'll leave this intro short and just say you'll enjoy the episode so without further ado enjoy my conversation with the one and only the man the myth the legend and new U.S. national team member Cole Matheson. Ladies and gentlemen, Cole Matheson, not Cole Matheson, not Cole whatever they call you on the broadcast these days. He's back on the show after making his first U.S. team. Round one was incredible, so happy to have you back for round two. Appreciate you, Cole, coming back on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's a pleasure. So first question uh, for those watching, which will be no one because this is a strictly audio podcast. You're repping a nice USA jacket. (laughs) How much gear did you get over the weekend? And what was that moment of like checking into gear and getting all the drip? Yeah, no, it was crazy. So obviously at the race, I finished seventh and top six qualify. So after the race, I was pretty down. Like I was still like thankful for the opportunity and just blessed to have been able to compete but obviously being that first guy out the first loser was pretty tough um in the moment but they asked for like the top 15 or so guys to go to team processing just in case which 15 seems like a little over <laughs> yeah that's a but, bit um but i knew that like since i was the first guy out, like there was a slim chance it was a shot that i would be selected for the team in, in case one of the guys had to scratch and so uh, it was a house a little ways down the road, um, and I got there, and they just told me to wait because they said, yeah, there's a chance. You can just sit around and hang tight for us for a moment. And so um, I sat down for maybe no more than two minutes, and they come back in, and they're like, Cole, could you could you follow me? And uh, so I, I followed the lady, and she I got back into like the team processing room, and she said, you made the team. And I was like, no way. I was like, I was so shocked. I was like, there's no way. Um, and so, yeah, it was just crazy in the moment and honestly just didn't expect it. And so, yeah, just, it's such a blessing and I thank God for allowing me to, to rep the USA, rep the home country. And so I'm super stoked. Couldn't be more excited. And yeah, the gear got here actually like two hours ago. So okay. um, I've been going through it and I was, I was taking some pictures, laying it all out and oh my gosh, it is so much stuff. So yeah, super thankful and like. The, the stuff's nice too like it's great quality stuff so great christmas yeah, after expensive. christmas i know right yeah actually i just had my birthday the other day and so it's like a little late birthday present for me so so it's been a good week for you it seems like birthday make your u.s it's, team it's get all the drip yeah 
Yeah, no, it's been a, it's been a heck of a last week for sure. So can you explain to me the situation of placing seventh and then being told you made the team after you know it you were told that top six make the team? Yeah, so actually, like a few days previous, I thought that you know I probably wasn't even going to be able to go Tasha even if I did qualify because I was having some passport issues. Um, I had renewed it and like expedited it uh, in November, late November, early December. And they said like five to six weeks, you'll get your new passport. Um, and we didn't think that we needed it for um, the race in Virginia. We thought we just needed it in case I qualified for Australia. But we found out that you need the passport for team processing at the race. And so um, we looked at the tracking number and it said that it was going to arrive Tuesday. So that's uh, yesterday. <laughs> and um, that's a couple days too late. And obviously we were, we were really nervous about that. So my dad started calling people, USATF, the post office. And yeah, it, he couldn't figure anything out. USATF said that we had to have it. Um, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't be able to make the team. And so, yeah, it was just kind of ner nerve wracking for sure. And But we decided, you know, we're just still going to go race. and hope for the best and maybe we can work something out but um so we about halfway we drove to richmond so it was about a 10 hour drive about halfway through my dad gets a text that my passport was arriving that day and so all of a sudden my passport was was arriving and my mom got it probably an hour after that and sent us a picture so yeah god god was with us on in that sense and yeah we we, we prayed pretty hard and um, yeah, you know, sometimes he does, doesn't always answer your prayers, but um, yeah, he really performed a miracle in that sense. And so um, super thankful um, that I got to kind of race stress-free after that. Uh, definitely took a weight off my shoulders. So, um, but yeah, then finishing seventh, you know, uh, I just expected, yeah, I'm not gonna make the team. Um, but yeah, so actually, uh, Luke Van Huysen was the guy who, who had to scratch and he he also had some passport issues and um, just was he wanted to go but just wasn't able to and so he's actually a friend of mine I warmed up with him and Caleb Jarima before the race and um, so super big bummer that he wasn't able to go um, so he he deserves it he ran such a great race and um, but yeah it was super unfortunate for him not to be able to go but um, yeah I'm super stoked to to be in that in that spot representing Team USA. So. so we talked after your Foot Locker win. I'm very curious. A lot of kids, you know, want to get after indoor track. Cross country is such a competitive sport where really all that matters is place and times don't matter too much. And for that reason, I think a lot of high schoolers are quick to jump out of cross country onto indoor track because it's like carrying over that fitness to a specific time that oh, yeah. colleges can see or just, you know, if you're really, really good like you are, you know, you go after records or whatnot. Um, so I'm curious for you, what went into the decision to extend your cross country season uh, versus, you know, going after some fast indoor track times? It honestly probably started just here at home. I'm surrounded by a lot of really great, um, really great like athletic trainers and just resources and coaches that have worked with the best in the country, worked with Team USA, worked with the the professional runners out there, and um, so they uh, they're like right down the road for me. Um, and I go see them whenever I'm feeling a little a little injured, and they they fix me right up. But um, they're all super nice and. Um, have told me about how they w went with Team USA as athletic trainers to World Cross uh, in, in 2019. And it was they said it was a super fun experience and um, that there's a qualifying meet and they're doing it again in 2023 um, and that I could try and qualify for the U20 team. 
And so that kind of got it on my radar and, you know, I looked into it more and the gear looked sick, the experience looked amazing and just being able to represent your home country is um, such a huge honor and such a special opportunity. So, um, you know, that was more important to me personally than running any fast time on an indoor track. You know, I'm already in, I'm already in college um, and committed to Colorado. So, you know, there's nothing left for me to really do in terms of running faster times on the track. It's more about just having a good time, a fun senior year, good experience. And so, you know, going to Richmond, uh, it was it was kind of a no brainer for me trying to trying to qualify for my first US team uh, at the, the U20 division. So, um, yeah, I was super excited. And yeah, you know, I probably decided that beginning of um, beginning of the cross country season, I talked to my parents and we decided that we were going to give it a shot. And obviously it, it extended my season quite a bit. Um, I did take a, a, a pretty chill week after Foot Locker or Champs Nationals and um, but then got right back into it and uh, did did one or uh, did like a couple workouts, two workouts beforehand, and you know felt felt like I was in pretty good shape, and you know went out there and gave my best. So and things things worked out. So I, I do want to talk about the drip because people know you have lots of it, and those who listen to episode one will know that you know we were we were talking shop in regards to kits and whatnot. Um, I'm curious <laughs> from all the gear that you received today, what's what's your favorite piece of clothing? Ooh, I've got to say uh, I got the speed suit. You're allowed to get two uniforms, and uh, I chose the the sprinter jumper speed suit, um, and I'm super excited uh, to have that. And I'll probably wear. Uh, the distance singlet with with half tights for the race in Australia because it'll be the summer and I'd also look pretty goofy wearing a speed suit <laughs> in a cross country race. Um, so, but I'm super excited. Hopefully, rep it in some um, meet where I run unattached on the track and yeah, it, it looks super cool. I've already tried it on. It was the first thing I threw on. So, uh, yeah, that's probably my favorite. And but there, ah, there's so much good stuff. So even the jacket and uh, what I'm wearing right now is super comfortable. So. Love it. Um, I'm curious, out of all of the Dragonfly iterations that have come out since their arrival in 2021, in your opinion, what colorway works best with the Team USA kit? Because I'm always fascinated, you know, I feel like spikes Hmm. bring together the whole kit, right? Um, The kit obviously stands apart from itself, but like the spikes are really interesting and it's been fascinating over the past year seeing people wear all sorts of different colorways of the Dragonfly with their respective kits. So I'm curious, with this kit, what colorway, if you could choose any, would you wear with the Team USA kit? Man, that's tough. I do like to be kind of coordinated throughout the entire fit, but um, I gotta say, just no matter what I'm racing in, I just love the new pink dragonflies. I mean, I've always been a fan of just bright pink. You know, when we were we were designing a club singlet uh, for the for the team uh, this year, because uh, when we get to those Nike Cross races uh, towards the end of the season, we we don't run for our school anymore. We run for our club team, which is called Lemrac, which is Carmel spelled backwards. If you didn't know, but um, and I wanted a pink, like a, just a bright pink singlet. Um, so I've always been a fan of that color, and so that's what I've been rocking as of recently. Um, but you know, I feel like a lot of people have the neon green ones right now, and I'm just not a big fan of the neon green. I feel like it doesn't go with as much. But with Team USA, I'd probably say like the white ones that kind of came out. I think they're they're the Olympic colorway. Um, I think so too. It's yeah, it's got like it's white white spike, and then it's got a little bit of pink on the bottom. Um, I would say those are probably good. white goes with everything, obviously, but um, those probably would match the best. But I'll probably—I hmm, don't, actually don't know. I'll probably rep either the pink ones or the white ones 
um, out in Australia. It'll be a game time decision. Maybe I'll bring two <laughs> pairs of spikes out there. We'll see. But yeah. So, so what inch of spike is going to be brought out? I know on specific courses, you know, it doesn't matter as much, but some of these world cross courses are, are ridiculous. So are you going to pull out like the one inch spikes or is that also a game time decision? <laughs> Yeah, that'll definitely be a decision to be made once I see the course. Because I've heard, and I'm pretty sure, they, they take like a 20-meter section of the course and just completely cover it with mud. They wet it down so right. much. So uh, I'm definitely going to need some longer spikes, but we'll see. I, I do like rocking the pyramids for when it's a little bit more muddy, um, the, the Nike pyramid spikes. But sometimes those can be a little too much in case you know, the rest of the course is relatively dry. So I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll bring a bunch of different lengths, but um, yeah, that'll definitely be a decision to be made once I see the lay of the land. <laughs> so let's dive into the race, race weekend. So on that 10 hour trip and in the lead up to it, you know, doing course preview, dinner before, visualization the night before, what was your mindset going into it? How calm were you feeling? How confident were you feeling about your chances? And overall, what was your mindset standing on the starting line, hoping to make top six in a field that was absolutely stacked with all sorts of different talent of runners you know i've always been pretty good with uh, long car rides I've, I've grown up making treks across the country i would drive out to fort collins colorado pretty much every summer with my family because my parents had a conference out there so i wasn't too worried about how i'd be feeling after the drive um, 10 hours actually seems pretty short compared to some drives that i've done so um it wasn't too bad i i was feeling great and you know mentally i felt really good i knew that you know those college guys are probably going to be in a little bit better shape than i was just because you know they've been on campus they've been they're training with other really great d1 athletes and um so i knew i knew they would probably be in pretty good shape and you know i've been training more or less by myself um for the previous couple weeks so um it's been it's definitely tough training by yourself a lot harder it's nice having other people but um you know i love the social aspect of running and just having guys around um, to run with each and every day. Um, so it's been nice, like getting back into practice um, back here in, in Carmel and having my teammates there. But even so, their schedules are a lot different. You know, I'll be running 60 minutes for a mileage day and they're running 30. So, like, I have them for the first 30 minutes, but then the second half of the run is all by my lonesome. So, you know, it's, it's definitely tough uh, in that sense, training like that. And they're not doing workouts yet. So I was doing workouts on my own and um, I only had two workouts. I did a five mile tempo and then a six mile tempo, um, the two weeks leading up to, uh, the U 20 race. And so, you know, I was, I was feeling pretty confident in, in my, uh, physical abilities, but, um, you know, I definitely knew that those college guys were going to give it to me. So, you know, I knew I had to run a good race and my kind of game plan going in was to just put myself in the front. I feel like I run my best when I'm, um, when I'm in the front and kind of put myself in it. Sometimes when I hang off the back, I kind of lose focus. And um, so, you know, I, I try to put myself in it and, you know, I felt really good uh, stepping up to the line. I wasn't super nervous. I was actually really excited. You know, it's not every day you get, you get the chance to go and try and qualify for a, a U.S. team. So I was just living in the moment, enjoying it. And yeah, Lex and Leo were right next to me on the start line and we were it up a little bit before the race and you know I just felt I felt pretty comfortable going in and you know uh, surrounded by such great talent you know those those college guys uh, they're they had a, they're coming off a great cross-country season for some of them you know Marco Langan I mean he ran amazing this cross-country season ran like 30 minutes for 10k and um, on Oklahoma State's course at NCAAs which is a really tough course so I knew that he'd be fit um, but yeah the race 
played out pretty well. You know, uh, I went through 5K in about 15.02, um, which is around what I'm running for a regular 5K. But then I got to slap on an extra 3K on top of that. So, you know, through 5.5K, I was feeling pretty good, but then it started to hit. And we went up uh, the, the one hill on the course, really, it was pretty relatively flat. And um, the lactic started to set in. I kind of fell off that front group of, of six guys. And so I knew I was in seventh, and I was I was trying to make a push to catch up back up with that group towards the end but they had a killer last k and uh just kind of formed too big of a gap for me to close so um you know crossing that line uh was definitely a lot of mixed emotions but you know my effort i was pretty happy with you know 24 11 as a my first 8k i'm super super stoked with that and you know for the training i didn't do a ton of training leading up so yeah i was pretty happy with the result regardless of you know initially not making the team but um yeah that's that's kind of how it went. Love it. Appreciate that breakdown. I'm curious, how do you approach the difference between a 5k and an 8k? Because on paper, it might only seem like 3k more, but that's a, a massive difference when you're in the race. So standing on the start mm -hmm. line and also within your race, how do you try to manage, you know, your physical exertion, but also mentally knowing that you have that little bit more and to not, you know, give too much too early so that you blow up at the end, but also wanting to put your neck in it and knowing that you run well from the front. How do you balance all those different factors at once? Yeah, you know, I think you bring up a good point of like, you know, balancing that exertion throughout the race. And, you know, I think that's something that I definitely learned um, going forward when I race more AKs um, going into college is, you know, I was definitely feeling really good that first 5k like I kind of mentioned and you know I was running towards the front and probably there, there was a little bit of wind I was probably doing a little bit more work than the guys probably right behind me and so you know you feel so good in a race that long in the early stages that you kind of tempted to push that pace and push it a little harder than maybe you should and I think that's kind of what I learned is that I got to that last like 2k two and a half k and I didn't have as much left as I would have liked just because I felt so good in those early stages and might have pushed a little bit too hard when I in reality probably should have sat back and let some of the other guys do some of the work but um, you know that's probably the main thing that I, I learned from from the 8k and the, the big difference between the 8k and the 5k is that the 5k you can kind of get away with going out hard and just kind of holding on whereas the 8k if you go out too hard that it's hard to hold on for an extra 3k there at the end so um that's probably yeah the biggest thing i've learned is not overexerting yourself early on because it is a long race it's a, a 24 minute race 23 minute race so yeah that's definitely going to be something that i take with me going forward um but yeah for the most part for my first 8k i'm pretty happy with with how i ran it so. So for those that don't know, Leo Young, very close friend of the podcast, ended up winning the race yeah. in, in quite dominant fashion. And then you obviously play seventh, but ultimately are in that sixth position, which will send you to Australia. Last month when we talked, I did ask you something along the lines of like, what's it like to be a part of such an incredible class of high schoolers really that we have never seen before? And a month later, the question still remains the same. You know, you got two guys battling it with some college studs. How cool is it to be in this year, 2023, with guys like Lex and Leo vying for these spots against guys that are in established college programs? I mean, I'm sure that's a very special feeling. Yeah, no, it's it's super cool. I mean, to toe the line with 
with those kind of guys is again just a blessing and i'm super grateful that i'm in the position that i am uh to be able to compete and hang with those guys i mean it, it's crazy you know thinking about that in retrospect and uh, leo's an amazing athlete same with lex and and all those collegians and you know leo ran a really really smart race you know kind of hung back in the beginning and moved his way up and then you know closed really hard that last k and uh yeah definitely showed his dominance over that 8k distance on the day so yeah, major props to him for getting that that U.S. title, and um, yeah, super excited to to be teammates with him on Team USA going to Australia. And you know, it's it's exciting to to think that you know I'll be competing with with Lex and Leo and and all those college guys in the near future uh, on the on the biggest stage, you know, in and that call in those college races. So um, yeah, I'm super super blessed to just have that opportunity to to toe the line with those guys and. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a crazy, crazy race, and he, he ran really, really well. So reflecting on this past weekend, what is the biggest lesson you, you took away from the weekend as a whole, whether it was the race, before the race, after the race? What is a lesson you're taking away from the weekend? Yeah, probably kind of referring back to what I was talking about earlier is just, you know, stay patient. You know, it doesn't all come at once, and that can be, like, in the race, but also just in general, you know, it, it's hard to kind of stay focused that you got to take it day by day you know um and i think in that race you know I was, I was getting a little bit ahead of myself um towards the beginning um and kind of like like i said over exerting but you know if i can just be a little bit more patient in the future and uh and kind of learn from that i think things will work out a lot better and you know even just day to day being patient like i said day by day like putting in the work and focusing on what you're doing each individual day um, you know, those mileage days sometimes can get slurred together, but those are important. Those are almost as important as workouts. You know, those are the days where you're letting your body recover and um, getting ready for that next next workout coming up. So, um, yeah, patience is key um, in performing well. And, you know, I think learning that and like racing this high um, of competition this early on, um, you know, I got to stay patient and making sure that my body's primed and ready for those competitive races later on in uh, May and June. Uh, those those big track races like uh, my state meet and, you know, Brooks PR or the Adidas Dream Mile or whatever it may be. Um, you know, I got to I got to make sure that I'm um, leveling kind of my, my efforts throughout the season and making sure I'm staying healthy. And yeah, like I said, stay patient. So I want to hear what does it mean to you to represent your country on a national stage? It's every kid's dream to do it, whether it's the Olympics, a world championship, something like world cross country. What is what is it going to mean to you to put on that U.S. singlet um, next month in Australia? You know, I really haven't fully comprehended that. I'm going to be going all the way across the world to, to Australia and, you know, repping that red, red, white, and blue. And, um, yeah, it just hasn't set in. I'm super stoked and couldn't be more excited. You know, it's been a dream um, ever since, you know, I've started running and uh, I've looked up to all those Olympians and professional athletes competing at the highest level. And, you know, it's it's truly the pinnacle of our sport is, is representing your country uh, on the global stage. And so... You know, obviously, this isn't the Olympics or World Championships, but um, for me right now, it's it's pretty special to be throwing on that that USA singlet. And so, yeah, couldn't be more excited. And you know, I'm going to do everything possible to to run to the best of my abilities for my country and, and represent it well. And I know that the other five guys that I'll be towing the line with will, will definitely be doing the same. So, yeah, super excited and blessed to be a part of a part of Team USA.
So this was totally a team effort from your coach to your teammates to especially your parents, you know, driving you out there, your dad calling USATF and like the postal service trying to figure out the passport situation. What does it mean to you to have such a strong, staunch support system where this result wouldn't be possible without those really important people in your life pushing you to be the best version of yourself, but also managing some of those weirder logistics like passports? Yeah. No, I'm glad you bring that up because sometimes I do take it for granted. You know, I'm super, super blessed uh, to have such a great support system around me. And my dad was doing everything possible to, to figure out that passport. And, you know, he he does so much for me. Like, yeah, driving me out 10 hours to, to go to this race and, um, you know, paying for all all the travel to just go across the country and, and compete against the best guys in the country. And, um driving picking me up from from practice driving me home when, when i need it and um you know all, all the little things and you know my mom uh putting up with my shenanigans and i'm always asking for her to make the food when i perfectly could be capable of making the food for myself and um you know yeah it's just all the little things and having such a great team to be a part of you know uh, carmel is such a rich history of great distance running and um, my coach has played such a big part in getting to me to where i am right now and having such great teammates around me to train with day to day is, is, is amazing. And I'm super grateful for that as well. And just, um, having those goofy conversations on day to day mileage runs and, um, grinding it out when, when it hurts the most and, you know, giving those fist bumps there at the end and knowing that, you know, we're, we're putting in the work and that it's, it's going to pay off in the end. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked again. It's, it's fun to just kind of, think about it, those things because sometimes yeah just take it for granted and kind of forget about it so yeah thanks to everybody um if you're listening for all the support and and love that i've received it i'm super grateful and um thank god it thank god it, all the time for it so so this thing might not exist or if it does might take a few years for this to happen but from dominic schleter's opinion speaking as the running effect I would confidently put Cole Matisson in the Indiana High School Hall of Fame just just by this season alone. Nonetheless, the, the <laughs> previous three, all the incredible things you've done, I think this cements you as one of, if not the greatest runner in Indiana history. So I'm very, very curious, what does it mean to you to really put your legacy on the state and think that there are middle schoolers right now who are looking up to you and who are like, Cole did this, why can't I do this? And then they're going to train harder as a result. What does that mean to you to give back to your state in this way by through your performances and, and through inspiring others through your performances? Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. You know, there have been so many great athletes that have come through this state, you know, Futsum, Zenislasi, uh, Cole Hawker, Ben Veach was a Carmel athlete, came through here. And, um, you know, to be among those guys uh, and kind of, in in the history books as as you say it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool and pretty cool to cool to look at and you know to think of those guys that that look up to me you know i i've i've met people that have come up to me at events and races and um just talking to me and saying what's up you know i always appreciate that and it's super cool to just get to know all these different people that i've i would never know um except through running and so it's super cool to to hear their stories and and uh that they they look up to me and that's that's crazy to think that that people do uh because sometimes you know i 
I'm a goofy guy, you know, I'm just a big, tall six, four guy that, that runs. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's super, super, super cool. Um, and you know, if I could say anything to those, uh, that, that are listening out there, I, I just want to say, you know, keep at it. Like, yeah, I, I was that, I was that kid back in elementary and middle school that, that looked up to these high school guys doing crazy things and, um, wishing that, you know, maybe I could be there one day. And so, yeah, that's, that's where I started and I put my uh, pedal to the metal and did all the did all the hard work hoping that it'd pay off one day and, and now here I am and so to to think of that uh, you know me being that tiny scrawny skinny elementary schooler um, starting running just for the first time and now here I am representing Team USA uh, that man that's crazy that just said and that's that's absurd so yeah just keep keep working hard i mean it, it it will pay off and you can push yourself to limits you never thought were possible so yeah keep at it i love it so in episode one one of my favorite episode one round one with you not episode one of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> that's when i was not very good at interviewing um round one with you one of my favorite parts was, was talking about your faith and how pivotal it is in both your life and running um i'm curious in relation to this race you know i i think when you live a life that has Jesus at the center of it, you live a Jesus-centered life, like he blesses that and he blesses your commitment to him. And I'm not saying that, you know, you making this race is strictly because of your faith. Um, that's obviously not the case, but I think he uses these opportunities and blesses them and blesses those who carry out his word. So what's it like to you? What does this mean to you in relation to your faith and even giving you now a bigger platform to, to spread his word and to do your thing and to represent him on a global stage? Yeah, you know, it's super special. And, you know, I thank God for being so faithful throughout my life and um, throughout my running career. And yeah, again, it's just, it's super, super cool that I get to represent my country. And, you know, I, I thank God for this opportunity. You know, I uh, I prayed a lot. I prayed hard, and you know there were times where I didn't really think it was possible. But you know He doesn't always answer prayers um, in in the ways that we expect or the ways that we want Him to. But um, this past week, He He's really performed some miracles for me, and uh, yeah, I'm ever, forever grateful for that. And you know, just Him being a part of my day to day life, and you know the things that He's done uh, to show just how how true and and loving and, and kind he is it, it's crazy um being where i am and you know looking forward i just i hope to to glorify him and all the things that i do and and represent his kingdom well um going forward and so yeah to be representing uh my my loving god on the global stage it's it's crazy and i'm super excited and i hope hope that i can do him justice um but yeah it's again it's so, super cool and you know i I thank him, thank him every day for, for where I am and the things that I'm able to do. So, Between now and next month in the race, what are some ways that you want to improve as a runner and just take us through your mindset in this lead up to a big race? And also, how cool is it that you're going to Australia? I mean, I think that's a pretty awesome, unique experience. Yes, sir. Going to the land down under. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm super, super excited. And um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that I'm going halfway across the world. Um, it's going to be a heck of a trip. I just got just got my flights today, and I'm going to Atlanta first. 
Uh, and that's like probably just an hour and a half flight. Not too bad, not too shabby. And then, you know, followed up with a five hour flight to LA. Again, not, not horrible. It's a pretty long flight, but then to cap it all off, we're ending it with a 15 hour flight to Sydney, Australia. Jeez. And that is going to be a doozy. So, yeah, I'll definitely be walking laps around the plane, maybe and start running laps around the plane at some point. Uh, maybe start some races with my teammates. But um, no, I'm super excited. And yeah, that's, that's going to be a heck of a day of travel. But, um, you know, it's part of the process, part of the experience. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be something else. I, I leave. I leave LA to go to to go to Sydney. Um, I think I believe like ten thirty that evening on Valentine's Day, the fourteenth, and then we land in Sydney um, the sixteenth. So I'm missing a whole day of my life uh, in the air. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, absurd. That's like, so crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy to think. Uh, yeah, because we we're flying kind of against time and we crossed the date line. So yeah, we're losing a whole day up in the air. So yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about, but super excited. Couldn't be, couldn't be more happy. So can you break down the next month of, of training your preparation leading into this event and maybe some of your goals for the race uh, and, and what your mindset going into that race is your goals, what you want to achieve, what experiences, what, fun food from Australia you want to eat things like that what are you most looking forward to yeah um you know just training wise uh probably going to focus on you know that aerobic side of things uh I've actually got a track race coming up in in two weeks so I might do do a couple things on the track just to work on a little bit of turnover but um for the most part I'm still in the cross-country mindset and um yeah you know it's going to be more long tempos um some some split up tempos this week i've got a um, two by two mile uh tempo work so uh looking forward to that and then yeah just you know keeping that mileage up and for the most part staying healthy uh, i'm doing some some weight work as well uh, in the weight room with with one of my coaches and that's been super helpful and you know building that strength and and stability you know that's definitely huge and something that um i think is super important for for running running well and being in control of your body so um yeah training wise that's kind of what's what's going to be going on in the next couple of weeks and um yeah for just preparing to you know miss a lot of school as well <laughs> uh, be missing quite a few days of school and uh yeah just making sure i'm on top of things and uh, not getting too far behind, but you know, I think that's a little bit unavoidable at this point. But um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of my preparation, my mindset going forward, and, and getting ready for this this big week. I love it. So one final question for you. I'm gonna spin it around. Normally, the first episode with I do with a person, I ask them uh, if they if Gordon Ramsay was coming over, what would they make him for dinner? So I guess to top yeah. it off, post race, after a, a great race at, at World XCU 20. Gordon Ramsay flies out to Australia and he says, hey, Cole, I'm making you, your teammates, and your family whatever you want. You get to choose the menu. What are you having Gordon cook, you guys? Oh, man. That's tough. Anything. You know, I think I think for the meal itself, I'm going to go with, you know, some good, some good chicken parm. I feel like he'd make a really good chicken parm. And actually, I had never had chicken parm until probably a month ago uh in in december and 
um, it's really, really good. I don't know how I had never discovered it. So um, it's definitely one of my favorite meals now. And if he could make me one of those, and then to top it off, I think I mentioned this in the first podcast. My Pan cookie? Is this, is, yes, it's skillet there cookie. So if he could make me a skillet cookie, you know, a, a really big one I prefer, uh, I think that'd be pretty dope. And I, I, that'd be much, much appreciated. But yeah, I also, um, in terms of just Australian food, uh, I think I forgot to a- answer that part of your question earlier. I think... You know, I'll definitely have to, to reach out to the Aussies themselves, Morgan McDonald or Ollie Orthy, see what they, they've got in mind for the, that kind of food. I, I don't know what kind of Australian food they're making out there. You know, what's what's specific to there? But, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have to try and find that out. Love it. Well, Cole, this has been a ton of fun. My sincere congratulations for making the team, and I'm beyond stoked to see how you do next month in Australia. Can't wait to, to watch it all, and then we'll have to do a recap podcast at some point. And yeah, just very excited for the spring and future for you. So appreciate you coming on the podcast, and uh, let's get in, on, in Australia. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Headed down under, baby. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate your time and taking time out of your busy life to listen to the podcast. I hope it influenced you positively. And if you did enjoy the podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcast. Make sure you're following the show so you never miss another episode. Share the show with a friend or two and even share it on social media. Doing those things greatly helps us reach new people and hopefully inspires them through the process of them finding the show and listening to the podcast. Uh, I greatly appreciate your time and listening to the show. I don't take your time for granted and I know everyone has a busy life, so I hope my podcast has brought you value today. Uh, I'm looking forward to releasing more episodes in the future. Generally, we release two episodes per week. So again, make sure you're following on your preferred podcast platform so you never miss another episode. I appreciate you greatly. You can always send me an email or a DM if you have any questions, feedback, positive or negative. I'm always here for it. So I greatly appreciate your time. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will catch you all in next week's episode.